יופי. שלום. וואוווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווו
Did you bring your Navi? Did I bring my Navi? Well, not no. only you. Now I asked everybody. Just I said shalom to you because you just came. But did you guys bring Navi? Because today's Navi. You know today we're doing Navi, yeah? Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Or it was not in the schedule? We yeah, did. Okay, and I was hoping I was hoping you guys would come because then we can continue from where we were at. And if it was other people, then it would be just out. Takua Bemsa. So, so it's a kiff, yo, it's a kiff. Wow. <laughs> You're so cute, Tehila. <laughs> I love you, Nora. <laughs> you too. Hi. Did you get new powers from your Matsumo? Did you feel new energy? Um, we didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> what a letdown. <laughs> Well, because it was all in lockdown. We didn't know what we were supposed to do. Everyone said you're supposed to have a barbecue, but we didn't have anything to grill on. So we just, we didn't do anything. <laughs> we don't have a barbecue. We don't even have an oven. <laughs> so my husband and my daughter are vegetarian. So they don't eat meat. So, uh, have fun. <laughs> and everybody does, everybody does, okay. So every bar- everybody barbecues on the Milpeset because you can't go out. So everybody barbecued. And I, and I smelled other good smells, but I'm not going to just like barbecue. I mean, so they want, so they, we did like just falafel and chips and pito, stuff like that. And hummus like from scratch mm. and salad. And then my neighbors, my <laughs> neighbors who know my situation, it was very funny. So all of a sudden, tak, 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 tak. And they all brought me like kebab, maknikiyot. So nice. <laughs> but then my husband was, what are you saying about us that they feel so sorry for you? You <laughs> 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 took it the wrong way. Ay, ay, ay. But it was fun. Okay. Shmuel Aleph, Perek of Dalid. That's where we got to. Do you have? Who has? Go like this. Whoever has. I have. Nobody has? I'm pulling it up online because I don't have it in the book. Yeah, okay. I just got it up online. Okay. So I don't know how, I don't care how. What's the first sentence? Which one? Like, what's the sentence we're starting on? You said... Oh, okay. We're starting Perik of Dalet, which is chapter 24, which starts with... Oh, I don't know the English. So the Hebrew is... Shel Shav Shaul. Uh, how are we going to do this? Um, da, 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 da. We can we can't try to do like we do in class that we go like you can practice your reading in Hebrew skills. So we can do like one 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 all around. Do you want to do that? I'm trying to look it up on t- mine too. Wait, what? What? Um, um, <laughs> paraphrase it. Twenty four. Kaf Dalid. Okay. Um, Wait, what did you say the beginning of it is? It starts with Vayahika Shel Shav Shaul, and it was when Shaul came. Oh, in Chabad.org it starts that pe- Pasuk Bet. It has the previous Pasuk as Pasuk Aleph. Ah, that's fine. The one I found online is, is separated by chapters. I remember. Would it be Wait, chapter what? 24? Yes. Ah. So this time, wherever we get to, like somehow make yourself like a sign. So next time we have it ready and yeah, we can just continue. Jump so, in. Now we have to make sure everybody has it. So 
Again, who has it? I have it. I have a link if someone wants you to send it to them. Perhaps this one. Sally, yeah. have it? Not yet. So, Sally, so maybe you? Yeah, Jamie, will you send to me? Yeah, I'll just I'll send it in the Maya note yeah. chat. Oh, you send it. Thanks. And are you sending it only in English or Hebrew and English? Um, it has it has um. Here, it's by he kasher. Ken. Okay. It has like both. Okay, good. Both is good. Thank you. <laughs> I hear you. Tell. <laughs> oh, so you can turn off English or the Hebrew if you really want. Safaria, you're on Safaria. No, I just I, I found it on Kabbalah.org. I'll send it in the chat here. Sorry. Okay, just send it. As long everybody should have it, and then how many are we? I can see. Uh, I can see here. Uh, two, four, five. Are we five? I think this is the right one. Um, I'm. I'm with two. <laughs> it's me, Viola, and Chanasvia too. Ah, Chan, Chan, Chan. Okay. <laughs> hey, it's hard. We can't get all of us on the camera. <laughs> what? It's it's hard to get everyone on the camera. <laughs> So, no, just, 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 I just don't want to leave anybody out if you want to read, that's all. So, Sarah, you start. Okay. Ehi ka'asher shav sha'ul me'achrei glishtim v'yagidu lo le'emor v'yine David b'midbar en gedi. Yafeh, en gedi is a place. Anyone, was anyone in En Gedi? It's next to Yam HaMelech. Mm -hmm. Not far from me, actually. I live not so far. I'm the right thing. I live in the area of En Gedi. So, uh, okay, translator, say the English. And it came to pass when Shaul was returned from following the Philistines that it was told him, saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. Yes. Okay, so this, this brings us to just recap what we did before. This is all about uh, David Shaul, who is a frisky, who is, who is chasing David, who is like a secret king. In the meantime, he's just like a underdog king. So again, Shaul is the king in practice. Or in English, you call him Saul, S-A-U-L. He's the king in practice. In the meantime, David, David, was anointed by the Navi, Navi Shmuel. And he, but even though he was anointed, he's not yet publicized as the next king. So it's kind of like you have two kings, one overlapping each other. Shaul is in practice the king, and David is like the underdog king who is like, um, who is actually running from his life from Shaul who wants to kill him. I think that kind of... Now what we did... What this pasuk says, this is what happened was, and this is where we stopped in Mayanot, was that there was a lot of chasing around and everything, and then David, Shaul almost got David. He was so close to get him, and then there was like a testing point. What happened was, let's see if you remember this. I wonder if you remember this. Tell me if you remember this. What happened was that he was, that he went, he was on like one side of the mountain and then David was on the other side of them. He was just about to meet and he was just about to catch him. But then, remember, yes, I can see the Nora is remembering. Yes, yes. Amalach can mean an angel or it can mean a messenger in Hebrew. Amalach so whatever it was, maybe it was a, an angel dressed as a messenger, like, you know, Ki'ilu a messenger, or maybe it was really a messenger that happened to be like an angel for David because a messenger came to Shaul and said to him, Shaul, Shaul, the Plishtim, 
the Phyllis, Phyllis, how do you say Philistine in English? Philistine? That's what is today in Israel, no? You say Philistines is what you call them today in Israel, no? They're pal Palestinians today. Uh, oh, yes. So today you call them Palestinians. <laughs> they are actually trying to, that's a name that they kind of adopted to, so that they can be um, like, like attached to this country or like, uh, you know, that people could like connect them to this country like the, the original Plishtim. That's a little bit politics, but point is Plishtim is in the times of Nanavi and they are the arch enemies of, um, of the Yehudim, of the Israelim. So this messenger comes and says, the Plishtim are coming and are attacking us. Maybe they saw that you, Shaul, are now with a whole troops of like army troops running to try to catch David. And so they see that the front is uh, without people, without troops, and they're taking advantage and now they're attacking. That's what the messenger said to Shaul. So Shaul was at the point of having to decide, do I leave everything, like the quest of my, the new quest of my life to catch David, do I leave this and go and save the whole people, the whole nation and from the Plishtim? Or do I ignore this message and catch David because I'm so close, catch him and whatever, and then afterwards go and join the battle wherever it is in the border. And what we did is, and this is how we ended, because I wanted to end something positive then on Shaul before we left, because I thought that, that was just, remember, just before the corona. So Baruch Hashem, he did, he made the right decision, something responsible, and he left his personal, um, his personal, like, uh, what's it called, his personal, his personal, I'm losing my English, you see, I don't see him for too long, and I lose my English. It's like his uh, personal battle with uh, David and he goes and leaves it and he goes to the border and he actually fights the Plishtim. And that's where we ended last time, which was nice, which was good, which shows he's responsible as even though his heart and all his en energies were always against David, at the, at the testing point, he did the right decision. everybody. Please give him some respect. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, okay. So I won't make you do like this. Fine. Okay. We're not so that's all army got trained to. like you. <laughs> not what? You know what? We're not all army trained like you. <laughs> I just got an upgrade, by the way. Azaltov. Yes, thank you. And we'll leave it by that. <laughs> okay. So, just one thing I'll tell you though. It sounds like all over the world. It sounds like everybody's fighting this one enemy, which is. COVID-19, except it's not true, it's not true. Like enemies like our Hamas and all those, even, even though they themselves are under such danger from COVID-19, they, they don't care. They're, most of their effort, they do care, they do care, but still their main effort, and also of course Iran, Iran, their main effort is still their craziness about killing Jews in Israel and all that. They don't stop. Even if you don't hear things, it's just because it doesn't get to the media because everybody's talking all day and all night about COVID, about Corona. But it's there. They keep doing things all the time. They keep scheming and they keep doing. That's it. Now let's go back to Shaul. Okay. So that's where we left it. Now we're in Pasuk. Uh, now now the, the Pasuk that you read, Sarah read, was Kasher Shav. Shav like Shuva to return. Now he returned. That means he, he was, he battled Plishtim and now he returned. Do we now, do we know who won? Did the Plishtim 
win that battle? Did we win that battle? What does it say in the Pasuk? How did that, how did that end? He, he left David, he ran back to the front, and he, and he battled with the Plishtim. So how did that end? There was a battle with Plishtim. Did anybody die? Who won? What happened? Does it say in the Pasuk that you just read, does it say? It's not clear. It just says that Shoal returned from following the police team. Thank you. You're right. Ah, I need to. Yes, you're right. It doesn't say. It doesn't say. It, it just says he returned from it. As if the whole thing was just a distraction. There was a whole nation. There was police team. We're attacking Israel. And it doesn't tell us. So what happened at the end? What it doesn't tell us. If it doesn't tell us, it kind of, I think, it implies it's really clear out. It says it doesn't matter. At least for Shaul, it didn't matter. That was, he treated it just as a distraction. For David, it doesn't matter because, I mean, it was just a savior. It's what saved him from Shaul at that point when Shaul was so close to catch him. And for Shaul, it doesn't say because it was just a distraction. He took care of that distraction, and now he's back with what we can see from the way, that, because the way it's written, the narrative, that what's really important for him is to catch David. Kapish, Go like this if yes. Go like this if you have questions. Okay. So I see no questions. Who wants to continue? Zita, you want, you're just starting. So somebody uh, and, um, quietly update uh, Zita. And Alana Rose. Does, who wants to read now? Okay, no, you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay, Pasu Gimel? Uh, no, Pasu Bet. Oh, I mean, my bet. Right, sorry. Okay, Vikach Shaul, Shloshet Alafim Ish, Bachur, Mikol Yisrael. Okay, so Shaul took 3,000 young men. Ken. Yeah? Um, yes. From all of Israel. Vailech, Levakesh, Ed David, Vanashav. And he went to, like, seek, to find... Yes, nice word, yes. ...David and his men. Yes. ...on the face of the rocks of the ram. <laughs> Ken. It's like where, just like places where there's peaks, like rocks, where rams usually hide. That's, it's giving you the landscape of where this was. Is it just saying, like, on the cliffs? Yes. Basically, yes. But it's nice to imagine, like, the, all the rams and the deer over there. Like, you know, you see, you know? <laughs> he's running around with the deer, David. Poor David. <laughs> there are deer here. Again, I'm in this area, in Gedi, and just yesterday I saw deer right down here. It's not like American deers. I saw your deers. They're, like, big and, and not so cute at all. Like, the deers that you also see, uh, what's his name, Santa Claus on. They're not so cute. Here they're, like, delicate and they're, they're nice. Like the, the desert ones. Just saying. Thank you. What? I think our reindeer are cute though. <laughs> okay, I guess it's a matter of taste. Whatever. Okay, yes. So he left, so he took 3,000. Now you for sure don't remember because how will you remember? This was a long time ago, but 3,000 men was the exact number of people he took also at the beginning. First war with Plishtim, he took 3,000 men. That means the same 
amount, the same number of, of people that you, he needs for, as an army to fight a nation, to fight the Plishtim, 3,000, that's what he takes also just to find David. Again, it shows you how you relate to that quest. Sadam? Yardan, you want to read? Yeah, sure. Okay. Three. So, Pesu Gimel. Gimel. It starts with Vayavo. In Vayavo, El Gid wrote, Hatso An Al Haderech Vasham Ma'ara Vaya. Stop, stop, stop. Let's till here. Vayavo, it means he came to Gidrot Atzon. Gidrot is plural of Gader. You know what Gader is? This is good for your Hebrew. What is Gader? The way, like direction. Derech. That's yeah. Derech. Gader, ah, that, afterwards it says Derech, but Gidrot Atzon. Gader is fence. So where the fences of the Tzon. Tzon is, um, cat, uh, What's it called? Cattle is, uh, is cows. How do you say like a herd of sheep? My translation says sheep coats, but I've never seen that word before. <laughs> I would say flock for Tzon. Flock. I think flock is good, yeah. So he goes where there's all these flocks of uh, flocks, I guess. Al-Haderich, you're right. Al-Haderich is on the way. Go on. It becomes dramatic now. Pay attention. Yes. Laha seh et rag live. Raglav. Raglav. The David. The Anasayon. Anashav. Anashav. The Yar. Te. Ham Ara. Yes. Ken, want to translate that? Sure. And Saul went in to cover his feet. Now David and his men were sitting in the innermost part of the cave. Yes. You see the, you, you, you get the drama? What, what does it say? What about his feet? What does it say in English? Cover his feet. Cover? Like a cover? Mm-hmm. Ah, that's, that's not what it says in, in Hebrew. What does it say in Hebrew? <laughs> does anybody have a different translation or no? <laughs> okay, so I will tell you. means to like, um, well, it's really an expression. It's a very nice way of saying, I had to say it nicely in English, to go to the loo. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever goes yeah. Why does it say et reglav? Because it comes from between your feet. Ah. Between your legs. Regel is leg. So he does whatever. It, you, you get the idea. To Number relieve himself. What? To relieve yourself. Yes, that's nice. To relieve himself. Exactly. That's the nicest way of saying it. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So you get what's happening? There's a chase. Shaul is chasing 3,000 army people from Mikol Israel. He makes sure, this is a point I didn't say. He takes them from Mikol Israel, that means from all the tribes. It doesn't take only his tribe of Binyamin. He makes sure that it's a consensus. 
מכל ישראל. He takes 3,000 men, אינית קומנדו. They chase David, and on the way, על הדרך, there's a מערה. מערה is a cave, and the king has to go, he has to relieve himself. So, they're all waiting outside, and he goes inside to relieve himself. But, the, what a coincidence, that Dafka in this cave, David and his men are hiding. Do, do, do you understand the, like, the irony and the wow? It's funny because in English, I would never have understood that that's what happens. Really? <laughs> Based on the English translation, we don't understand that that is what's going on. It's funny on one hand, and it makes me feel good on the other hand, because then I don't feel, uh, then I, don't, I feel more useful because you need me to understand the English. <laughs> Otherwise, you could just read it on your own. It's a great story. But then you wouldn't understand why Shaul is covering his legs in the cave in the middle of the way. What is the <laughs> Yeah, that's the reason why it's better to read the uh, direct language instead of trying to translate it because everything is not in, right. in context. Yes, but just to be fair, just to be fair, also in Hebrew, it's not, it doesn't say it clearly. Like, um, also, like, if you don't know, like, um, if you don't, Like just the plain Hebrew, it's not very obvious that that's, it doesn't, it doesn't say cover his legs, but you will understand some, you will understand right away, wait, wait, what does it mean? Because it's, it's not a language used today in modern Hebrew. It's like, it sounds like maybe he anointed his legs or like he relieved himself in some kind of way, but you don't know exactly what, how. Like maybe you might think he just, uh, his feet hurt and he just picked up his legs so that they won't hurt. He did something to relieve himself. Okay, so. He goes into this cave, and in this exact cave, David and his people are hiding. If you've ever been in caves, I don't know how much you've toured Israel, I really don't know, but if you've been into different caves in Israel, especially in that area, a lot of them, it's very cool, you should go. When you come back, Be'ezrat Hashem, or if you're here already, after, after Corona, when you go and, and tour, there's, you can go in, there's caves that have, it's like, it's like secret, um, how do you say, mavuch, uh, maze it's like a secret maze we have many caves that you go and then it ha- it's like a hall and then you have a split here and a split here and there's little rooms and chambers it's very cool so that's why it could be that he went into this cave he went from the sunlight into a dark place so he could that's a and b it's a big cave and it could be have all these uh, uh chambers and things that adjoin it therefore he did not see them but they for sure knew that he was coming because they're alert and they're they know that he they're on He's chasing them and they're hiding. So of course they know that he's coming in. Get it? Now, what's going to happen? His enemy is in the cave where he is and without his men because his men are waiting outside because the guy, of course, when he relieves himself, he's, he does it in the, you know, independently. So they're all outside. Only Shaul inside. This is his chance. Whose turn to read? Who wants to read? Okay, Maya Nadrona, should, should I just read because we don't have much time? I think maybe I'll read and it'll be faster and you say the English. I'll say the Hebrew, you say the English. Pseda? When we, when we meet again, maybe one day in Maya Nod, then we have more time, you can go around and read Pasuk Pasuk. Hopefully. Say Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fine, so we're in the next Pasuk. And the people of David said to him, Today is the day that God said to you, 
Here I give you, your enemy, אויב, is an enemy. Your enemy in your hand, בידיך. ועשית לו, do to him, כאשר ייטב בעיניך. Do to him as is good in your eyes, which of course implies, like, this is your chance to kill him, get rid of your enemy. ויקום דוד, and דוד got up, טה-טה-טה-טם, what does he do? ויכרות את כנף המעיל אשר לשאול בלט. אוקיי, בלט means like quietly. I don't know what it says in your translation, but quietly. So, so if Shaul, what I, what, the way I imagine it is Shaul does whatever he does. So before he does it, he has a cloak, like a king's cloak, a me'il. Me'il is like a cloak or a jacket or uh, I don't know if it looked more like a tuxedo or more like those English uh, big uh, cloaks, whatever. But he, I guess he just laid it down so that he could do it more easily, whatever he had to do. David goes, yes, and <laughs> with his sword, he cuts off a piece from Shaul's coat, jacket, tux, tux, whatever you call it, Ken? That means he comes so close with the sword, but he doesn't hit the king. He just, ah, he sees the coat and he just does that to the coat. Okay? Like he does it so that... <laughs> He does it so that Shoal doesn't even notice that he's there? Good question. Why? That is a big question. Why does he do it? I mean, if he wants to kill him again, what, what does he gain by doing that to the coat, right? So there's different uh, commentaries. I mean, I, I could open it up to you what you think, because if, if, if you say something that makes sense, then it's legit. Um, either what you said, he wanted to show him that he was there, but he didn't hit him. Or maybe that's what most commentaries say. Most commentators, that's what they say, that he did not want to bring himself to do that, but he wanted to show that he could have done that. He could have done that. That's what most people say. There is also those who, there are those who say that he actually, he, he intended to, according to Halakha, if somebody comes to kill you, then you're allowed to kill him, of course. So he actually um, intended to kill him, but last minute, Like he, he couldn't, like he knew it was wrong. He just couldn't. And then, you know, when you almost do something, he also, he just, he did like, that's what he did. Okay. Next Pasuk, Ayurid. We just read before, but now we said that I'm going to read because it's faster. Okay. So, and it was after that, it's like Makkah. His, he felt like his live was, got a blow. He felt his conscience. For why did his conscience bother him? It bothered him for, um, for doing what he did to Shaul's jacket. He felt bad even about that. Not only did he not kill the king, he didn't even hurt him. He just took a piece of his clothes. And even that, he felt very, very bad. ויאמר לאנשיו, אני אעשה to his people, חלילה לי, חלילה, like, חס וחלילה, חס ושלום, God forbid, חלילה לי מהשם, אם אעשה את הדבר הזה לאדוני, למשיח השם. Like, God forbid I do this to the משיח of השם. משיח is, I know today you say משיח, משיח, משיח. This is the source of the word משיח. I mean, משיח in the Torah is... just means somebody who was משוח, that means who was, from the word משחה, which means anointed. 
someone who is anointed as king. So since Shaul was anointed first, he's Mashiach Hashem. Is this the first time the word Mashiach appears? Yes. Uh, no, I think it's the second or the third. It appears before. But at the same context. I mean, when he was anointed, it was said that he was Mashuach. When Shaul was anointed, it said he was Mashuach. And then David was also Mashiach. Also, it's in the Torah, it says about a Kohen, it also gets Mashuach with Shemit, anointed with oil. So there's, um, there's a term of Kohen Mashiach, that means anointed Kohen, before he goes to battle and, and brings up the Moralak, he's anointed. And what happened? Do you see me? Because I see you, but there's this something here. Okay, but so there's Kohen Mashiach in the Torah, and then in Navi it says you have to Mashiach the king. Yes, it's a technical term. So he said, Chas that I should hurt someone who is anointed by God, who is Mashiach Hashem. It's funny, but if you think today, I, like somebody would say, I hurt the Mashiach. Wow, that's crazy. Lishloach Yadibo to send my hand. Ki Mashiach Hashemu, he's anointed by Hashem. He's like, Hashem chosen. Vaishasa Davidet Anashav Badvarim. And he like, Lishasot, wow. I don't know how to extensions, translate that. What does it say in your English? Vaishasa David, Vaishasa. David checked his men. Checked? Yeah. Checked? Then, but everybody has the same translation? I'm just looking at the Hebrew. <laughs> Okay, so it's check. Unless I don't understand the different meanings of check, I don't understand. But it means like he, Natan Lehm Barosh. Do you remember the bit where it says Natan Barosh? Kilo Tzaak Lehm, Kilo Kaas Lehm. Is that what you mean when you say check about people? He said like, what are you talking about? Like if a teacher comes and sees there's no kids, like somebody did something bad. What did you do? Like that's called the Shasot. You say he checked them? No. Bad translation. Challenged. Okay, I thought maybe I don't know the English. I see. put them in check. Yeah. You would say he put them in check. Ah, he put them in check. He put them in check. Okay, he put them in check. Also not like the Hebrew, but okay. So, he like, what? And he did not let them also take revenge and like, to get up and like, you know, on Shaul. So all this drama happening and Shaul has no idea. They're all, they, they, all this happening and Shaul has no idea. He just finished relieving himself. He takes back his jacket. He has no idea that he was this close to being killed either by David or by David's men who are already very, you know, warm-headed and hot-headed and want to have him killed. Yila. Ken. I think it's like when you say in the government there are checks and balances, like okay. limit power. So I think it's like that, meaning I think he like, it's saying checked in the sense of like, he put it like checks and balances on, like they couldn't just go kill him without, mm. they couldn't just go kill Shaul without David's permission. So he basically said like, nope. Fair. The problem I have with that is that it sounds very like um, uh, rational. You know, it's like, very like rational and very level-headed, but by Shatsa is not, is not, it sounds more, it has more feeling in it. Like, um, I tell you, I tell you the verb where it comes from in, in Sefer Shoftim, it says that Shimshon, Samson, like that's the, the Hebrew, the Jewish, uh, 
uh, like uh, what's his name? Hercules. Like the, the oh. Yeah. So it says about Samson that he vaishasa eta eta arie. He like rah, ripped apart, ripped apart, ripped open the lion. So like if you say that and use the same verb on checking his men, it's not like, oh, you know what? I think it says in law, um, I don't know, and then number five, six, seven, three, you know, that uh, you have to do this and listen to me and we have to do it in this order. It's not like that. It's like rip apart. But then why don't we assume that David killed his men? Because they said they should bidvarim. Ah, so he like ripped them apart with his words? Exactly. Yikes. I think the way I, the, you have to understand the men that he had with him weren't like, uh, it's not that they weren't like level-headed. The people who came with David were people that also found within, found in him like a leader for uh, to help him. They ran away from all the troubles, like people who were like not, you know? It's like, it's like people, it's like Robin Hood and all the people who are like, you know, crazy. Not crazy, but oppressed, oppressed and you know? What? The outlaws. Yes, the outlaws. Exactly. So the way to deal with them, I guess, he couldn't like say, listen, we should do it like this. Da, da, da. They're on the chase with their families. They're people who are outlaws with their families. Most of them, the reason why they joined was because they, they were kicked up. They couldn't pay their debts. And it's, it's, they couldn't pay their debts. And then the people who gave the money or who they owed the money, uh, wanted you know after them so they ran away from the people who were trying trying to get them because they didn't pay their debts so they running away with their families on the run with the vida melech that's the kind of people and now they have a chance to finish with this they just want to say they through families it's not just on their own it's not like Shaul came with all his men who are soldiers they came with their families so they don't want now they have an they have an opportunity to finish this running away this like you know Finish with it already. You're the one who's anointed. You're the next king. Everybody knows show is bad. Just finish with it. And he's not. Like, you know, they have also a family to think about. And they have different considerations. That's what I said. That's the way pshat. Okay. If you want, just to practice your Hebrew skills again, then you can say it. Like when I read, you can read it kind of with me and then see if you get the right, um, if you say it right. Because, um, I mean, assuming that I'm saying it right because it's my mother tongue. So I probably read it correctly. So you can try to read it with me. Vayakum David acharechen. And after that, David got up. Vayetse mina me'ara. He left the me'ara. Me'ara again is cave. That's also in modern Hebrew. Me'ara is cave. He left the me'ara. And he called out after Shaul, Adoni HaMelech. Shaul looked behind him. And he sees David. David is like to um, bow. David bows a paim arza. And they like bow. Like, this is, like, like, like today, like you, you can only say shalom like this because you can't touch people. So they don't touch their floor. So he bows down, and then he bows down also automatically, like, hello, hello. But this is a crazy scenario, because he's, like, chasing the beat. All of a sudden, he hears, hey, Adonai HaMelech, and he turns back, and the beat is right behind him. And he says, hey, I'm over here. 
but he doesn't, he's not like teasing him, he's like bowing down. So that means he's surrendering. So Shaul is automatically bows down also, like, get it? Very cool story. Next pasuk, pasuk tet. Vayomer David le Shaul, David says to Shaul, Lama tishmai divrei adam lemor? Why are you listening to just this person? Doesn't even say his name, divrei adam lemor. Hine David mevakesh ra'atecha. The person who says that David wants something bad of you. He's looking like to see you in a bad, in a bad light. He wants to kill you or he's, he wants to overthrow you and be a king before you. Anybody who says bad things about, about David against you. This is, a, this is a kind of referring to, you know, this, who, who is this Adam that he's referring to, that he's hinting? He's not saying his name even, because it's such Lashonara, even though that guy said Lashonara about David. Who am I talking about? Do you remember? Sorry, you weren't in the class, and Yadin also weren't in this class, but so I'm talking about those who were. Remember who was, the, what was the name of the guy? And Sita also not, and also not. The name of the guy who he's referring to, the name of the guy who, who made Shaul, like, uh, you know, encouraged Shaul to look bad at David, and because of him, so many people got killed. Was it a general? What? Was it a general? Ken, Ken, Ken. He was a general. What was his name? Uziah or something? I don't know. Starts with a do. Do? Oh, Doeg. Yes! Nice! Ah, you give me Nachat. Okay, <laughs> yes! <laughs> Wait, but not too much Nachat, because I don't remember the story. I'm like, it's so fuzzy right now. <laughs> What time is it by you? By me, it's quarter to nine. What time is it by you? Uh, it's a quarter to 11 in the morning. I'm not tired. I just don't remember. I oh, mean, I'm okay. also tired, but that's not why I don't remember. <laughs> no, no excuse. Okay, Doeg was the general who was uh, at the city of the Kohanim in Nov when David was running away from Shul and hiding over there. And then Doeg saw David over there. And then when he came back to Shul, he said, oh, I saw David over there. That city and the Kohanim are giving him, ref or giving him, um, what's it called, refugee? Oh, refuge. Refuge, they're giving him bread, they're giving him, like, uh, they gave him back the sword of Goliath, which he, which he hid over there. So that means there may be their siding with David against you. And then Shaul got all, wow, he went there and then he just killed all the Kohanim. David wasn't there anymore, he escaped, but because of it, the Doeg, all those Kohanim got killed. It's a crazy story. So that's what he does. David doesn't even say his name. He says Adam. He, as if he's implying, well, he said Lashonara about me. I'm not saying his name. Or maybe he just doesn't want to say his name because he hates him so much. Anyways, I'm sure he's applying to him. But Why Shaul was like crazy and throwing spears at David before Doeg ever came up in the story, right? I know. Yes. True. Right. But that was Shaul himself. I guess he doesn't want... He just now is meeting Shaul who wants to kill him. He doesn't want to accuse him personally. He said, you remember you wanted to kill him when you threw that spear? He doesn't say that. He said, why do you listen to those people who are like whispering at your ears bad things about me? Like, it's more... Like trying to talk Shaul out of wanting to kill him? He's like yes. trying to pretend this is like bad advice you got from someone else? Exactly. Also, I think it was more unconscious that... In, also, that's A, 100%. But B also, wow, what a dog. B also is that, um, what was I going to say? Da, 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 da. Also, I think it was on his conscience 
that all those Kohanim were killed. That's, that lay heavier on his heart than the attempt of Shaul to kill them when nothing happened, it was just a hole in the wall because he missed. But the fact that Shaul killed all those Kohanim, wow, he, he never gets over it. So many chapters of Tehillim were written by David with like, you could see all his conscience and pouring out his feelings because, oh gosh, so many Kohanim killed because of me. Why did I run for refugee with them and then I risked their lives? It wasn't his fault, but, you know. Okay, so why, so exactly, but he's talking him out. And now he's saying, Pasuk Yud, Hineh hayom hazeh ra'u einecha, oh, wow, we want to finish this part, we have time, yes. Hineh hayom hazeh ra'u einecha, today your eyes have seen, ra'u einecha et asher netancha Hashem hayom beyadi bamearah. With your own eyes you can see today how you, Hashem has given me, has given you over to me in the cave. So I could have killed you. Like, it's as if, it's almost as if he could have, this is hard, it's hard to understand the Hebrew, like uh, word by word. It's like, I, it's maybe Omar lehogecha, I was about to kill you, but I, but I had mercy on you. And I said that there's no way I'm going to hurt you. Adoni is, is my, my lord, like you, my king. I was so close, I could have, I should have killed you. I didn't. Because I said to myself, or I said to my people, to my men, that you are Mashiach Hashem. So I couldn't do it. He calls him Avi, Abba Sheli. Avi, Re'e. The age difference, of course, he can call him Avi because don't forget, he's his father-in-law. Remember? Well, some of you remember, some of you weren't in class, but uh, Shaul was also David's father-in-law. David married Shaul's daughter, Michal. So he, that's why when he calls him, it's very common to call him um, Abba to your father-in-law. I don't, but I'm just saying. So, look, see, I have the end, the kanaf is like a, a wing, like the, the way I vision it is either a cloak like you have in those pictures with like the those English kings with a big cloak that has like two big wings or like a tuxedo with two wings, whatever, it's like two wings, two pieces of cloth. So Re'et Knaf Milcha Biri says, look, you see? And he like, and he hangs it. Well, do I have a piece of, I don't, but you see? Knaf Milcha Biri, look what I have. This is my proof. Ki Bechortit Knaf Milcha, when I chucked your, when I cut your Knaf Mil, Velo Haragticha, and did not kill you, Da Ue, and realize Da like Ladad, no, and see, I have no bad no bad intentions against you. I have no bad bad intentions, no criminal ideas against you. And I did not sin against you. I could have, I didn't. But you, here it is direct. Before he said Doeg was whispering at it, but here it says, So from the word side. Like Esav says, hunt. You are hunting me. You are hunting me down. Yes. 
I love seeing that. Oh, with the green eyes. Oh, yes. So I have no bad intentions against you, but even, but you are, look, look, now you can see, why are you hunting me? You are hunting me. Yishpot Hashem beini uveinecha. May God judge between you and me. Yishpot, Yishpot is to judge. Yishpot Hashem beini uveinecha. Unekamani Hashem mimeka. And Hashem would revenge, like Hashem would take revenge. Ve'yadi lo t'yebach. Even if something happens to you, it should be revenged by God. Ve'yadi, my hand, will not touch you. He's saying, under no circumstances am I going to touch you. Kashel yomar mashal akadmoni. As it is said, as the proverb says, mashal, like a mashal, a proverb you say? As, right? So as the mashal of the kadmoni of the old, our sages say, the kadmonim, mikedim, our old sages say, and this is something, this is a great mashal. Mirashaim yetse resha. You know, I'll write it down because you should have this. Mirashaim yetse resha. Is it? Ah, English, gosh. What does yatse translate to? Will come out, like yatset is to exit, to come out. Oh, to, okay. So mirashaim yatse resha. This is a great thing. Mirashaim yatse resha, that means from evil people, rasha is an evil person, yatse resha. Bad things come from bad people. It sounds simple, but it's so much deeper than what it sounds. <laughs> It's saying that if evil happens, if evil happens by me, that means something that I did was wrong. Even if it was by accident. It's that, maybe you know this, I think Hamtzvia, you said something about this once. Maybe I'm mixing, maybe not. I have, for some reason I have this uh, deja vu. But there's, tell me if I'm wrong. There's, in the Chumash, it says that it gives an example of um, people who have to find refugee because they killed somebody else. So there's a concept of Il Miklat, city of refugee. We talked about it when we talked about the city of Kohanim. I think that's when we talked about it. So the idea is in the Chumash itself. It says, if somebody, if somebody kills somebody on purpose and there's witnesses and, you know, the, it goes through all the procedures of, of, of the system of justice and he's, uh, he's uh, guilty, then he should, he should die because he killed somebody on purpose and everything. If, if he follows everything, then, of course, he's, he should die. It almost never happens. It says that if once in 70 years one person was executed, then it would have it was considered a generation, a, t a very tough generation. So there, it wasn't execution. It wasn't something that happened on a daily basis in Israel ever. So that's if somebody kills somebody bechavana um, by intention, bemezid. But sometimes it happens. Somebody kills somebody else by accident. And the the example that Rashi gives, because it's in the Chumash, and Rashi there gives the example is. Suppose you're cutting, you're, um, you're cutting wood, you're chopping a tree, you're chopping a tree with an axe, and then the head of the axe, like the part of the, of the knife, flies off the, the wooden parts, off the handle, and somebody who's just walking underneath gets that part of that, that, you know, that, that stone, that part that kills, on his head and dies. So it wasn't your fault. You were just chopping wood, and then the axe broke, and then somebody was killed by your axe. So it's so. Then what happened is, according to the according to the halacha, according to the Torah, you 
if it, if you're not if you it's you can prove that you didn't do it on purpose etc you you can't they can't prove that you did it on purpose and they, you didn't you had no motive and you did not do it it was an accident and then what happens is you you have to run away to the city of refugee which is a city of Kohanim there's a few cities like that all over the land of Israel it's a city that is um, populated by Kohanim and you have to stay there and live there till the Kohen Gadol dies so that's that it's there's a lot to talk about that. It's a different, it's a separate subject. The point is though, the big question is, if you didn't do it on purpose and why do you have to, why do you have to pay anything? Like why do you have to run away? Why do you have to be a refugee? Till the, what if the Kohen Gadol is like 30 and he's as healthy as an ox and you're 60? You know, what about your family? What about everything? You cannot leave the refugee. I mean, you can't. If you leave, then the people can revenge. Like the family of the person who died can revenge and kill you. So you don't want to leave. Supposed to live in the city of refugee till the Gondado dies. But it wasn't, it was a total accident. Why do you have to be a refugee if it was an accident? Not today, in, in any light, you don't have to do that. So, this Mereshaim Yetzirah, what I wrote here, is, is exactly, uh, is exactly what, what Rashi brings as, as the reason why. He says, because even if you did not, if it happened by you, happened by you, even if you didn't do it, but it happened by you, you were the person it happened by, then that means something in you has to be fixed, has to be corrected, has to have a tikkun. Sometimes it's difficult, because sometimes somebody who appears to be a mashat tzaddik, something bad could happen to somebody who's a tzaddik, so how can you say that? So sometimes it might be from your, your previous reincarnation. There's a lot of stories like that. There's a story about Gaon uh, Vienna, who usually was very like... Uh, like Mitnagin, um, it wasn't like into showing Kabbalah and like miracles and stuff. It was very like halacha, halacha, halacha. But it's, there's a story about him that somebody asked about how could it be that bad things happen to good people? And it says, I saw this written in a few books, so there's a lot of evidence that it happened. He brought this somebody who had these big questions. Obviously, he had this. He wanted a psychological answer also because you can't answer. Like sometimes you can't answer a question like that. Why do good things happen to bad people? Bad things happen to good people. Bad things to good people is more of a question. If somebody asks, "How can bad things happen to good people?" What are you going to say? You can explain, but it's something to the heart. It's usually somebody wants a psychological reason. So he brought him. He said, "Go to this and this place." Told him exactly where to go, where this big oak tree was. He says, "Just wait there and don't do anything." Just wait and look and watch. And the person hid in like a bush or something, he was hiding over there. And what did he see? He saw that, oh, I forgot the thing. I was so into the story, I forgot the end. He saw something, he saw somebody who, he saw somebody kill somebody else. And it was absolutely, and it was totally, I'm ruining the story. I did not, I'm ruining the story. I do that all the time. But, but he somebody killed somebody and it was totally he wasn't des, like he didn't deserve it and came back the, the idea behind it I'm sorry for ruining it but the idea was that 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 person was that person did something bad and he didn't get any punishment because nobody saw him doing that bad thing and then when he happened to go by that tree he got what he deserved even though if he did not know that he deserved it, he would have never guessed. It looked like he was just walking and something bad happened to him. 
So why? But he, but he didn't. But you don't know that he would really deserve exactly what happened to him because a long time ago he did this and that. I'm sorry, I just told the story. I'll try to find it. Ah, Wait, where is this from? I read it in a few places. Um, I think it was like more in, I, I read in like these journals that you get on Shabbat, sometimes in Bit Knesset, you have all these journals. That's one place I read it recently. And then also in a book by, I think, Arab Abarjil, who I really like. Uh, he was the one who was connected to my dad and told him that he's uh, from Bnei Ben Yoyada. So he wrote about that also. Okay, sorry, we got uh, the point is Melisha'in. Can we go back to the, we just finish this because we finished our time. Sorry, just to finish the da. Sorry, Ken? Okay, so David, and then I'll, I'll look for the story again. Blinada, look for the story and I'll give it to you. Okay, so David says, I don't want to be somebody that for me something bad will happen, even though according to Halakha, you want to kill me, so it's okay that I kill you, whatever. I don't want to be that for me this would happen because I know if I do this, I'd be considered like a Rasha, only from Rasha'im it's a Rasha. And I don't want God to like do anything bad through me. I don't want to be the vessel for bad things. But if we leave even with that uh, message of Mirashim it's a Rasha, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge, it's a huge lesson. Like don't do kind of it. It's like kind of ironic because Hashem doesn't let him build the Beit HaMikdash because his hands are bloody, Hashem says, right? Yes. But then, right. but like, it's so, I don't know, that's kind of, I don't know, ironic or maybe even tragic, like reading this, seeing how much David did not want to shed blood, like to realize that by the end of his life, he would anyway have to, so much so that he lost the opportunity to build the Beit HaMikdash. That's like really, it's really intense. Right. Although, what well, this sounds really, really bad, I know. That's why, that's an, okay, I'll tell you, although, like the people he killed were not, uh, were not his own people. Ah, sorry, but he killed enemies. So, what do you mean? He killed like enemies. He did not kill Jews. Oh, so you're saying he never like stopped not wanting to kill Jews, but killing enemies was different. Yes, enemies is enemies, but he, and he some, but sometimes it looks like he was a little bit uh, very like he he was harsh with enemies. He could have been maybe maybe been more. Maybe, maybe did the right thing. Doesn't matter. At the end of the day, if he has bloody hands, he should not build a Beit Mikdash. Might be okay that he had bloody hands because he saved so many Jews by killing the enemy, and you should kill the enemy. But um, nevertheless, the Beit Mikdash has to be done by somebody who is clean and pure. Look, Hamas, for instance. Um, you know how Hamas is bad, of course. Yes. So. Uh, you know what? Never mind. This is from Shemaim. I see that our time is over. I don't want to take you have another class. Never mind. So, Shalom. Thank you very much. And next time, bring bring a Navi, okay? And if you have any questions about what we did, you can text me. I'll be more than happy, more than happy to answer. Thank you. Thank you.